Welcome to the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast, powered by the King's University. This is a conversation to encourage and validate women on their ministry journeys. Now, let's join TKU's Dr. Rhonda Davis and Julie Cole for this episode of the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back again. I am so excited to be here with my friend, Julie, and our friend, Bridget Morris. Yes. Bridget, thanks for being here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah, I want to tell you a little bit about Bridget before we get started. She is the executive pastor of Gateway Women and Adult Ministries at Gateway Church. She has served in many areas at that church since coming to Gateway in 2008. She loves creative expression, especially when it relates to worship and content. We want to talk a little bit about that. All right. Bridget is passionate about seeing women fully equipped to walk out the calling God has placed on their lives. Her heart is to help women embrace their true identities as followers of Christ and enjoy life along the way. I love this. She loves the outdoors and can be found tending her garden and wrangling farm animals. (laughs) That's a nice picture. Yeah. On the family homestead. She's married to her husband, James. Um, for 13 years, and they have three beautiful kids, two boys and a girl, an awesome family. Bridget, we're so happy to have you with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. We have a question that we start almost every session out, Okay, and that is, how did you get here? Some people have like kind of a straight shot path, always wanted to be a woman in ministry leadership. Some people have more of a meandering path. How was that for you? Um, well, you know... When I first think about it, I'm like, oh, I've just, I've just always been in ministry. Like since I was, you know, I was raised in a Christian home Mm -hmm. and I was like the two-year-old in the front of our little Baptist church, like raising her hands, praising Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I, I feel like I've been around and in ministry my whole life. Now in the lane that I'm in now, mm-hmm. um, I did not picture that. So mm-hmm. that was a bit of a curveball to me. So, um, but I've always, I've always been in church. My parents raised me, um, to love the Lord. So I'm so grateful for them. I really feel like I was set up, you know, the best way mm-hmm. possible. Um, and so, but I remember when I was 15, I was at, it was either a youth camp or like a retreat or something. Mm-hmm. And I was in the back And I was just on my face in worship and I got this picture of me and I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm calling you to lead, to lead. I'm calling Mm -hmm. you to lead my people. I'm calling you to be a leader. And, you know, I was 15. And even at, even in that moment, I remember feeling so strong, the pull to ministry, but in that time of my life, I had always sang in church, you know, I did kids choirs and kids, mm-hmm. all the kids, anything I could do within worship or, or any of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, within kids ministry I did. And then in high school, I was on our youth worship team and I just have always loved worship. I'm a worshiper. So that was my context. And I mm-hmm. thought this is, this is the route that I'll go. Sure. This is what makes sense in my brain. And yeah. I mean, how many times do we get a word from the Lord and we like rationalize it and make it right. sense. have our own picture for it. Right. right. Yeah. So I painted the picture that I knew. And so, you know, that's, and, and it, it didn't, um, I mean, it did serve me well, like it didn't hinder me. I pursued what I felt peace. And so, um, I was already in worship. I graduated high school and went to, um, Hillsong, uh, 
you know, Bible college mm-hmm. and I studied worship and creative arts there, had a great experience. And then I came home and I'm not gonna lie, I was a little tired when I came yeah. home. <laughs> it was Rightfully very, so. Very intense Bible college. Yeah. And, I was, and I am just naturally really involved. I love to be with people. That's just my personality. So I'm gonna overdo it unless somebody, you know, brings me back. So mm-hmm. um, so I came home and was like, you know, I'm really, I'm really tired now. I think I'm just gonna sit here. And uh, and then I, you know, I met my husband, we got mm-hmm. married, all of that stuff. And, but all the while I've always been in worship. Mm-hmm. So then I came on staff at Gateway in worship and it was like, ha, you know, yeah. all the things are finally aligning yeah. and coming into, a, you know, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. This is what I've been waiting for. And I remember sitting in my office and it was like, I was so, um, I was so like distraught because I was like, Lord, this doesn't feel like I thought it would feel. Hmm. This is, this is not. And even though I loved my job, like loved my job, Mm -hmm. I got to pour into, you know, uh, kids and students Mm -hmm. in worship. And it was just, oh, I just loved my job. And yet I still sat there and was like, this isn't it. Oh no. If this isn't it, what is? Yeah. Was that the curveball? That was the curveball for me. Mm -hmm. I had like a mini identity crisis. It wasn't really an identity crisis. It was like, it was like you think you're running down the right path, which you are, and then you come to like road end. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're like looking around like, well, if this is the end of the road, whoa, where where am I and where am I supposed to be? And you kind of feel like, wait, if I've been in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord, I mean, I don't know, it's kind of like with Isaac, he he pulls a ram out of the thicket, you mm-hmm. know? So then all of a sudden there's like a little uh, a different highway. That's, that's mm-hmm. right there. You just never knew about it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just kind of redirected my path. And so then I, I switched from being in worship leadership into a more p- pastoral track. And, um, and it was like, I had been so focused for so long on one piece of what the Lord mm. had called me to that I had made it like my full plate. Mm-hmm. And then it was like the Lord brought me up and I saw, oh, there are actually so many things on my plate. I just didn't, I just didn't know they were available. I didn't even know they were there. And mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, that was such a, uh, so I had like my, my crisis moment. And then when I had that, it was like this, um, not uh, almost like relief. Yeah. I, like this peace. And it was like, okay, all of these things make so sense, so much sense. Yeah. How you've gifted me, how you've talented, you know, given me talents. And then even the things that I've pursued over the years, this all comes into alignment. Mm. And one of those things is now coming to TKU. So plug. Oh, that's right. Yay. Oh, also, yeah. Shameless plug. Bridges a student here. But yes. <laughs> it's amazing how um, much bigger his picture is. Yes. yes. You know, but probably that 15-year-old girl that was saying, yes, you can have everything. Mm-hmm. Every, um, that might have been too too much. So that's, I love it when um, people share their stories of how like God's plan was just so much bigger than yes. I yep. originally thought. That's so... That's so great. Yeah. He gives us little pieces along the way. Yeah. And we have to be careful not to wrap mm-hmm. everything up in what mm-hmm. we can understand mm-hmm. in the moment. That's still right. Still leave mm-hmm. some room for him to, mm-hmm. to move us. That's right. You mentioned getting married. I'm going to mm-hmm. state the obvious here. You're married to James Morris, yes. Pastor Robert Morris's son. Yes. Um, you kind of got thrust into a very public... Um, place, how have you handled the limelight? Or maybe there have been expectations that Mm. people have on you. How Mm. do you handle that? Well, you know what is um, awesome is I never felt thrust into it. 
And I would say that that's, that's because of, um, Robert and Debbie, they Mm -hmm. really just let us be who we are and never put expectations or like pressure on us. You know, they expect good things because every parent expects good things, you know, but they never, they, they never, um, placed undue expectations on us at any point. So when we were, you know, kind of more in business side and then we were ministering mm-hmm. also, but sure. we were in business, um, that's that's what we were doing. And they cheered us on there. And then when we started talking about ministry, they yeah. cheered us on there. And so I think that that from that perspective, I never felt thrust into anything. Mm-hmm. I just felt like this is who we are and we just kind of roll with it. Um, now I think that other people may have right. expectations, unfortunately, right. but I just don't really listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How There's do you a do reason that? the How Lord do, wired yeah. me yeah. the way he wired that's me right. well, tell us about because that. of, you know, yeah. people in, in their best intentions, really. I, I mean, I, I, I think maybe some people have bad intentions, but for the most part, most people just say things. Sure. And if I let it, it could get to me or, you know, it can make it could, it could bother me or whatever, but I just don't. Um, I, and I don't, and I don't know fully how or why Mm -hmm. I just know that, you know, I can do what I can do. So if they have a problem with something and they're letting me know, I'm like, thank you for sharing. Um, but I mean, it's not my job to go fix that. That's not in my purview and it's, it's not my problem. Yeah. So and that's the I case have to let for, somebody else do with that, their yeah, job. Right. That's the case for anyone in ministry, I think, is right. a really good lesson to learn. Just there are just expectations when you lead people or people just only know certain parts of you and what you have to offer. People will just place those strange expectations from their own heart and mind onto us. So it's yes. really some significant lessons to learn about how to and just a not lot put of that people in its right place. Who maybe are struggling, like they're struggling. Mm -hmm. That's why they're being critical or, you know, saying just really ugly, mean things. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you look at it, you have to think through the lens of if they're hurting, you know, if somebody has a broken leg and they start shouting and they're Mm -hmm. angry, well, they're in a lot of pain. It's not necessarily that they're mad at you. They're Mm -hmm. just, they're in pain. So you have to treat them with compassion and like love them and try to help them as much as you can without taking on what they're saying as truth for yourself because they're just in a hurting place. Now, there's always, I will say, there's always room for feedback because sometimes I do things and I'm like, oh, that came across that way. I didn't realize that. Thank Mm -hmm. you for letting me know. So I always want to be open, but I can't take everything that everyone says to heart and I have to really be compassionate and see people for how God sees them and, and where they are and and be compassionate to their situation and, right. and still hear them out. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so good to rightly place that and to even be able to turn and have empathy for whatever's causing that is really awesome. And you're, you're, what are you studying here at TKU? You're, so I'm studying theology, um, Masters of Practical Theology. Yeah. So in your studies and also as that has played out in your ministry life, you are able to see a lot of trends in the women that you serve and the people that come through TK. So tell me about what do you see as you minister to women? What are some of the the trends that you see in terms of issues that they're facing or things that we should be aware of as mm-hmm. ministry leaders? What have you seen? You know, I think people are trying to figure out how to deal with the stuff around them. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to understand 
what the word says about what we're going through. And um, I think that's one of, uh, that's really one of the reasons why I wanted to come study at the Kings. I mean, for one thing, I didn't want to stand up and unintentionally speak heresy. So there's that. That's good. <laughs> that was a good move. Um, yeah. Uh, somebody asked me like, what's, what do you get afraid of when, you know, do you get afraid of, you know, people saying something or, you know, your pants falling down? And I'm like, no, <laughs> pants can fall. But if I speak heresy, I just will die. So that'd be over false prophet. I don't want to be that. So I'm like, uh, so I, I really wanted to study, um, make sure I was grounded in, in what is correct. Um, I got, I got lost track. Cause now I've said it, my pants falling down. <laughs> <laughs> so after your pants falling down, what have you seen, what oh, have yeah, you seen yeah. as people yeah. navigate this? So they're trying to figure out what is truth. Right. And then how to like, how to walk in that yeah. and how mm, to yep. lead throughout their families or in their marriage. Like, how do I, you know, for women, how, how am I to walk as a believing woman? Mm-hmm. What do I do? How do I do? Why am I doing this? And I think there's this search for truth, which I think is a, that's a cultural thing in general. Like people mm-hmm. are searching for truth. But the thing is, we have the truth and we know the truth. We know who the truth is. And so um, I think for leaders, and I mean, even if you're a, like a small group leader, having an understanding of who God is and what his word says is the only way we're going to be able to address those things. And then Mm -hmm. we have to be bold to address it. Mm -hmm. If we just know the truth and never state it, well, that's not helping anybody. Um, How have you been able to do that? How have you seen that in action? Well, I get random texts from people like, what does this mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that little practical thing. So when I'm sitting across the table from somebody and they're pouring their heart out about the struggles that their kids are going through, that they're going through in their marriage, I think that's the best time that I can kindly point them to the word, Mm -hmm. kindly point them to Jesus, who is the most compassionate. I mean, Mm -hmm. he is, he is compassion. He is right. He is kindness. He is love. And so, um, I think it's, there's been a lot of times that it's just been one-on-one. Now, of course, mm-hmm. I get the opportunity to teach. I get the opportunity to preach. So I can do it from a platform. But even more than a platform, I think is the one-on-ones, the day-to-day with people. That's where real real challenge can happen and then real change can happen. And then the follow-up and the follow-through of that. So then I could text them later and say like, okay, how, how, are, you, how are you working through this? Mm-hmm. You know, If they had an, uh, a maybe not totally correct viewpoint of something. And mm-hmm. I say, okay, would you consider this side? You know, I can kind of follow up. How are you doing with that? Right. It's just the, the landscape's just ever changing. It seems like, mm-hmm. um, how we, how we think about so many things are being challenged and how we find community is being challenged in a world where we're still trying to discover like what's real in front of us, what's not. And, um, compounded on a leader's life where it can just be difficult to find community in general. And so I wonder that about, um, that's something that we've been asked before. Um, how do I find good friends and good community as I lead the church? So I just ask you that, how does that happen for you? How have you been able to navigate that, especially right now when things just seem to be disconnected in a lot of ways? Yeah. Um, so in the COVID season, we actually did a zoom group 
And at first we were like, is this going to work? But we had already kind of had from the farm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're like weeding in our garden, talking to our friends. Um, So we did have an established relationship with them already. But, you know, that was that was an interesting thing because we thought, is this going to work? And then we actually had the best conversations and we really like kind of challenged each other. Okay, this is what I'm reading right now. What do you think about this? And mm-hmm. we would kind of get into it. Um, but one of the couples moved away. And so that was the best way for us to stay connected. Um, now, how we find friends is, you know, I feel like friendship as an adult is it's just hard. very different than when you're in high school or even college. Mm-hmm. Adult friends, like we have to have much different expectations. Yeah. I'm like, listen, guys, I and I find people who are in more similar s- seasons as I sure. am because mm-hmm. you naturally have more grace for each other. Like if I find other working moms to be friends with, then like we know where you're not going to be texting all the time because ain't nobody got time for that, you know, right, but right. but we can we can call each other. We can text each other. You know, we randomly text each other funny little things or or like I'm in a breakdown moment. I need someone to lift my head up off yeah. of whatever I'm in right now. Yeah. Um. And so thankfully, I feel like the Lord has brought great friendships into our lives mm-hmm. um, by his grace, because that can be very difficult. Sometimes I still feel like the little girl on the playground that's like, will you be my friend? Will you be my friend? Will you be my friend? <laughs> <laughs> Making friends as a grown up can be hard, especially in regard to those expectations yes. that people have on yes. us. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned family and Children, I wonder how with your work life, you balance marriage, family, ministry. This is a question I get asked a lot. I'm sure. Especially with like goats and... And I'm like, guys, if y'all saw my laundry room, you wouldn't ask me this. You would say, your house is a wreck. That's why you can keep going. And it really is. Priorities. Priorities. But so, so this is the... The wisest of answer I can give for this is, and and it's not mine. Someone else said this and I can't remember who, but you have, you know, you've got like, um, everybody says, you know, the, the, the struggle is real. I always joke that the juggle is real. I'm just mm. juggling here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I got to juggle my family. I got to juggle my kids, you know, who's picking up the kids, you know? Yep. So the juggle is real. But if, if I'm juggling and something's going to fall, I don't want it to be something of great importance. Mm-hmm. So I've got all the things I'm juggling and some of those are rubber balls and some of those are crystal balls or diamond balls or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them, you know? And if something's going to fall, it cannot be one of those crystals. Mm. If it's a rubber ball, if it's my laundry, so be it. But like the the crystal ball of my marriage cannot fall. The crystal ball of my, um, and maybe I shouldn't say crystal ball because that sounds like not good. So like, yeah, that sounds <laughs> I'm tracking. I'm tracking yeah, with you. We get what you're saying. The important mm-hmm. ones, yes. you know, yeah. the precious there should not go. fall. There, yeah. yeah, And so it, it, I just have to know. And even, I mean, honestly, y'all, even my friendships, mm-hmm. that isn't as important. So if I'm not going to text somebody back, if I'm not going to make time, if I don't have time to give because I only have so much time. Mm-hmm. then I can't go to every birthday party that I'm invited to. Sure. I cannot go to everything that, you know, maybe friends are asking me to do. And thankfully I have amazing friends and they just know that I'm a bit in a busy season. Mm-hmm. But I can't be everything or I can't be with everyone all the time. And I only have as much as I can give in time, energy, thinking capacity, 
And so my main priorities have to be my husband, my marriage, my kids and the relationship that I'm building with them. Because mm-hmm. just because I'm, mother, I'm their mother doesn't mean I'm naturally going to have a relationship with them. How many parents, how many kids grow up and still don't have a relationship with Truth. their parents? Mm-hmm. That's really I don't good. want to, I don't want to be that. I think that there have been a lot of, unfortunately, there's been a lot of pastor kid orphans. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my kids growing up as orphans in a pastor's home. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's really good. I'm going to stick there for just a second. What What do you do to combat that? Because that's a that's a really real struggle. I, I prioritize and fight for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times that I have to say, like, we will not do this. We will not go. We have to be home. Mm-hmm. We cannot do that. We are leaving early. We are leaving early. Like tonight's meet the teacher night. We're leaving early from work. Mm-hmm. And I put it in our calendars well in advance. And if anybody schedules anything, I'm like, no, we are not going to go to that. We have mm-hmm. to go to meet the teacher because that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You only get one meet the teacher first <laughs> that's time. Right. That's for, right. For kindergarten, we're going to be there. Yeah. And so I think, and you know, it's not that you can never miss anything with your kids. Right. But I want them to without a shadow of a doubt, know that we are there with them and for them. The with, though, helps the for. Mm -hmm. If you're never with me, but I know you're for me, well, but if you're with me and you're for me, okay, that I think helps. So Mm. we just, I mean, I, I, I mama bear fight for time with my kids. That's so good. That's good. There's a, there's a quality of time and there's a quantity of time, but it's hard to have a really good quality of time if you don't have enough qual- uh, quantity of time. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, making sure that we're there. That's good. There's so much pulling at you. Yep. And so making those boundaries and priorities is really important. Um, so what do you do then what, as you're juggling? I love that. The juggle is real. As yeah. you're juggling, <laughs> what do you find and what do you do that quiets your own soul? Mm-hmm. So in all of that giving out, um, that's one of the things we'd love to ask is how do you feed? What are you, What's feeding you right now? Well, I've been getting up early and I've been reading my Bible on my back patio and listening to the roosters crow. That sounds and the nice. Cows oh, can I yeah. do and that I hear also? the ducks, you know, doing their thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so there's like that piece. Um, another little like hobby thing that I picked up not too long ago is watercolor because yeah. I'm a creative person. Mm-hmm. And so I, ne- I, I realized I am like struggling because I don't have as much of a creative outlet and I need some kind of creative outlet. And watercolor is the easiest thing to clean up and like stop abruptly. Like you mm-hmm. can't oil paint with kids. Yeah, I used to try to oil paint and that just died. I did that before kids and not not after. Um, so watercolor is like an easy thing I can mm-hmm. just pick up. And, and honestly, it's like a slow thing. So I just like pray and I don't know. I just like have sweet moments with the Lord as I'm, you know, painting a flower or whatever I'm doing. So that's like a, that's like a, small little hobby thing. Also, I like to do things. I'm like a doer. Mm-hmm. I rest by doing also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we do live on a little farm. So um, I I like to garden. I really do. I feel like, you know, it's biblical. The Lord speaks in the garden. Yeah, so, that's right. does. So as I'm sitting there weeding or whatever, tending to my garden, I, I have just, it like brings, it brings, it all to perspective. Sure. Everything can be like all mayhem and chaos. And I'm like, I gotta go to the garden. And I go sit in the garden. I'm like, okay, rain is from the Lord. Sun is from the Lord. I can do all the things 
And if this, this stuff doesn't mm-hmm. come to fruition, like it just doesn't come. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to do everything I can do to steward my little garden. And then the Lord has to, has to make it happen. Mm-hmm. The Lord is going to make it happen. I feel like that about my life. I mean, how many times I've paralleled my little garden to my life and in my ministry and all of that. It's like, Lord, I'm going to do everything and steward everything with what I can in my hands. That's such a good perspective. Till the ground. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to plant the seeds. I'm going to water them. I'm going to make sure that they're fertilized and that, you know, bugs aren't coming to attack things, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, there's years you get a great harvest and there are years that you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can do the same thing. And for some reason it just doesn't. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust that whatever you have for me, whatever fruit is supposed to be, you know, come, supposed to be harvested from this season will come at, at, at your will and at your hand. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. great. I love when, um, I have some hobbies that have become spiritual practices for me. And, um, I just love hearing that. Mm -hmm. Well, tell us about, um, is there anything, tell us about what's happening right now in your ministry. If people want to, um, find out more about what you're doing and what ministry you're involved in, how would they do that? Okay. So you can go to, um, gatewaywomen.com. You could go to pinkimpact.com also. So um, Gateway Women has a couple of different events that we do throughout the year. And then we have our Pink Impact Conference. So you can join us in October at all of our campuses. We have a women's event. So come to that. It'll be super Mm -hmm. fun. We just had a laugh night and it was so good. Y'all, we, I cried. My cheeks hurt. My cheeks legit hurt. Uh, (laughs) Dustin Nickerson came and we just laughed our faces off. Um, and then we ate lots of good food and had you know, Always fun. a win. Mm-hmm. Yes, always a win. Every women's event, we're like, okay, we're going to feed you spiritually. Also, we will feed you with dessert after. Like there's yeah. always some kind of sugar after. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have our, our women's conference, which is Pink Impact in February next year. So get tickets for that. It's going to be amazing. I know that the Lord is going to do amazing things. Our, our theme this year is wonder. And Mm -hmm. this is something I've been asking the Lord. I want to see your wonders. I want to see your miracles. I want to see the wonder, the majesty of God. I just want to see it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I'm really expectant for that conference. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting wonders y'all. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Well, Bridget, we're so grateful for you and for what you do and just want to bless the work of your hands. Thank you. Um, so thank you. You are just such a great example of what God can do through a willing heart as you continue continue to kind of till the soil. Here. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. So thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, we'd love for you to just click subscribe and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast. Powered by the King's University, a school committed to encouraging and validating women on their ministry journeys. To learn more, visit tku.edu.